0: This is a Momentum Media production. Nerd alert! Property Nerds, (laughs) the home for data-driven property investors, where we uncover Australia's hot and cold markets, latest headlines and trends. Welcome back to another episode of the Property Nerds podcast and I'm your host, Arjun Paliwal, Head of Research at InvestorKit. Buyers agency, and today it's just me on the mic, lonely old me on the mic today. As you may know, or if you don't know, it's your first time tuning in. We just had a little girl, little Ruby, and if you follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn, you probably seen me break all the platform rules about, you know, doing different posts, different things, more corporate posts on LinkedIn. And here's me just spamming everyone with my little baby and little baby girl, throwing it all out there. So hence why it's just me and the mic today, Lee's um, kind enough to soldier on and take care of little Ruby. But with today's episode, it's a deep dive into the housing fundamentals of Australia. Now, you might be listening to this on the car, on your earphones, as a podcast, but got some exciting news for you. We're also going to be having this episode up on the YouTube, and I will be doing a screen share. Now, for the YouTube, this is the Investigate YouTube channel. So just one word, Investigate. And uh, it will be a little photo of myself in case someone might have made some fake profiles or anything like that. And uh, I just really ask you, like, subscribe, you know, check out that video because you'll see a screen share. You'll see me go through a research report today, which is a deep dive on Australian housing fundamentals. And so if you do want more videos like that, if you want that screen share where you can see the chart, see what I'm talking about, the good data points, the weak data points across Australia, then just, hey, click like, click subscribe, and more videos like that to come. You'll also see many of the uh, older videos in the channel. And again, it's totally free space for you to go and hang out and get educated on property buying, property research, and portfolio scaling. So Let's jump into a bit of a screen share and we'll be talking about Australia's housing fundamentals. And by fundamentals, it's the core macro drivers of what makes national markets move. And that's a big asterisk to throw into there, right? Because national markets are not what you and I buy. We're not institutional investors spending billions of dollars in one go, buying a huge chunk of Australia. Remember, we are buying in one house, one suburb, one street, even one city one state. So it's the micro data that makes a difference. But the power of learning fundamentals, the power of this, you know, you could call it a masterclass and really learning about macro fundamentals is it allows you to do a couple of core things in your journey. Number one, you will not be swayed by incorrect data analysis by the news, the media, or even housing analysts that are so-called experts, but don't understand the true fundamentals. For example, many economists lie with their specialization in one area and they miss many parts of the housing segment. So that's one thing, you won't get swayed because you'll know what makes a difference. Number two is you will learn to analyze markets holistically. That's very important because you will never lead to thinking one thing does everything or one thing does nothing. You'll lead to the importance of that one thing and you'll lead to understanding a total picture. And that's holistic property analysis. And then the next part is you'll be able to take the macro fundamentals and figure out those core things and deep dive into the micro with a renewed understanding of what makes markets go. So when you go to the micro, you won't fall to the traps of certain misconceptions, certain things that you think are more important, like certain demographics and other information that you constantly might look at, or houses, you might look at how fresh they look, how new they look, how many bedrooms, bathrooms, materials, all these things that are the constant checklist thrown around the internet, you won't care as much about that. So this is how today's discussion will help in you being able to understand true fundamentals of housing analysis. Now, what is the outcome of this? Well, the outcome of this is when you learn all those things, there is a level of accuracy or gain in your interpretation of data. And when we look at our interpretation of data from the same report that we released last year, what was the forecasts and predictions we made then, and what are the actuals on the outcome today? And that will then allow you to make similar forecast today, and what are the actuals we'll see a year from now when we release the next iteration of the Housing Fundamentals data. So that's enough of me giving you the context, that's enough of me explaining the impact it'll make and how to use it, what to use it. Let's actually jump straight into it. So I'm showing my share screen here, and this is a tab on the Housing Fundamentals report. And you'll notice me on the top right as well, walking you through it, wearing my little Lakers jersey. That's because NBA season's back, Preseason's looking good, LeBron James is in action, and, uh, hopefully this is a year where the Lakers had better luck than last time. We ran into the Nuggets and the Western Conference semis, I think it was, or finals. And, uh, unfortunately they were just too good. They went on to win the championship. So I don't feel as bad, but we're back again for another year, but don't know how much LeBron's got in the tank, but he always seems to surprise us. So firstly, you'll see on this page, I want to give a shout out to a few people in the team. We've got Jung, our research analyst. Douglas, our junior research analyst, Gravier, a junior research analyst, and Gautam, a junior research associate. These guys have all come together uh, alongside myself as head of research to prepare this report. And so, in this report, we go through the methodology, the introduction to fundamentals, some of our core scoring metrics, the key points, and final summary. And then we also move through market pressure review over the eight major capital cities and the 25 most populated regional centers. So do check it out by the way you can get this report as well if you'd like a copy of it uh, it's an interactive charts everything you can look at online this is on investigate.com.au and you can get this from the research tab white papers totally free to download so go check it out and uh yeah enjoy so the first thing is we'll start off with the introduction of this report so We naturally saw the most interest rates increases in such a quick period, interest rate cycle shifting, and nationally reported prices declining in the year leading up to this. We then saw a recovery as well earlier this year. And on that note of the recovery, Fun fact, we were the first analysts in Australia to call out Sydney specifically's housing recovery, November and December of 2022. Uh, There was an article on news.com.au, I think news corp or rea.com.au as well, where we call out why, what's happening, and that Sydney would recover and be a really big recovery even before interest rates come back down. And that has happened to leading the nation. And I go through some of the reasons as to why. So go check that out as well, just so you can see some of the predictions in line with the analysis. So it's not just another analysis to add to the many people who have opinions on the housing market. But in this report, we pointed out that 16 out of 25 housing fundamentals are either strong or very strong. Last year, it's about 17. Year before, it's about 21 and year before it's was 2021, right? So no wonder there was a huge boom with 21 out of 25 fundamentals. Now, when you see the 16 out of 25, it doesn't mean that there's now no boom. It just means that you've got to look out for the signals of the nine things that weren't strong, and are they on track to, are they trending to certain changes? Because that combined with the 16 that are strong will no doubt spur on another cycle, and that's what we're seeing here as many parts of Australia are back into full recovery and or boom-like conditions because of the annualized double-digit gains. So let's look at last year, reflection on our 2022 market pressure scoring predictions and the outcomes. So in 2022, unlike the doomsday commentators or those that say everything everywhere is always great, we're here to cut through the noise and provide you the good, the bad, all evidenced by our one-to-five pressure-based market scoring. Now, ultimately, we're letting the data do the talking here. So that is the core part. And you'll notice, whilst, yes, I run a buyers agency, whilst, yes, I earn a living from helping people buy property, I'm not just green signals, five out of five everywhere. I'm here to tell you there are some weakness, there's some okay, and there's some great. And I hope you appreciate our... Unbiased opinion as much as we can and on this research journey that you're on. So you'll see here that in our predictions last year, here's a map and where we visualized their scoring for the nation. We said, you know, that there would be some areas, even amongst the craziness of interest rates coming up and everything happening, that would grow pretty well. And we ranked them as four or five scored on our five point rating system. And in fact, 91%, 11 cities that we scored with four or more. 91%, 91%, 10 of them, grew in value. So imagine that. Nations declining. We point out 11 cities that would grow, and that too well. 10 of those 11 grew, and 6 of the 10 were double-digit price growth. So majority were high growth, and they grew. So I hope you can um, see some value in this calls made there. 7 out of 8 cities that we scored as three. So we say balanced, meaning some growth or some decline. Seven out of the eight had growth and five of them were single digit. So you can see the majority of that seven also had little growth because we'd rated them as balanced, not high pressure being four or five. And then 11 of the 14 cities that we ranked either one or two, again, not only saw single digit growth, but they saw less than 5% growth. And five of those 11, almost the majority actually declined. So do check that out. That's last year's predictions. Some cities did really well, and some cities challenged us a little bit, but hope you enjoy that. We also go through the data sources, and this is the key part here in this report. You'll notice that when we're looking at holistic analysis of property fundamentals, we're bucketing them in three core areas, underlying demand, supply, and confidence. And without going through every single data point, let's break down some of the main ones. So underlying demand is all about the movement of people, external, internal. The economic activity, jobs created, infrastructure, unemployment types of infrastructure and jobs. Finances, the movement of money. People aren't buying housing or cash. We use money borrowing. Affordability, not just price to income. That's broken. It's also price, income, repayments, and looking at them from single, dual households, how much people put 30% aside, 33% aside, and even 40% of their income towards repayments, And then when we move over to supply, there's current supply and incoming supply, and then we move over to uh, confidence, there's sentiment, there's the government intervention, what the government does spurs on confidence massively, and there's media cycle. That's a unique data point to us where we track all the data online around all the media articles, and we then categorize them into positive, neutral, or negative sentiment-based articles. So we have our own internal analysis of media sentiments. So we created that our own investigate. So we're going to start to see, hey, media is getting pretty bullish about property again, or the media is not so bullish by using the sentiment analysis of the major media's productions. Now, if you want to check it out, there's also links and little glossary tabs of the several indicators and where you can get some of the free data variations of them. So I hope that helps with, um, you making your own opinion too. Then we look at market pressure. So market pressure is a subsequent half of this after the fundamentals where we go into each city, the eight capitals and the 25 regionals. And we're tracking through sales market pressure, which uses core data points of median price movements, uh, days on market, so the speed of sale, sales volume and vendor discounting in simple terms, how much transactions and what the pricing is, is the people selling for more than listing or less. Long-term trends, so cycle positionings, short-term trends. And then stock on market and listing levels, so how much supply is out there. We do the same analysis on rentals, and we also look at a few other data points like building approvals, online search interest, auction clearance rates. Now, the 22 fundamentals or 25 fundamentals. Let's run through these core fundamentals. So the first one, a lot of sea of green here, and we're talking people movement and economic activity. So in people movement, population growth is having a tear a really strong run in australia this is the strongest or second strongest population growth in decades the last time that this was beaten was 2009 during the gfc and the rate of growth being seen now is massive so we expect that to be pretty heavy as well led by overseas migration regional migration is still positive whilst it's not the Crazy highs of you know sort of 12% in the COVID period, it's still very high in the relocation. So expect that regional migration to be very healthy. International visitors are obviously booming. So now it's not just long stay, it's short stay as well. And then household size, it's reducing. Again, that's a very big impact because imagine you've got four people in a household. Now the four people comes down to two, no new people, but the two moved out and created a new household. So instantly, there's more demand in the the market, even though there's no new people. So this is where we've looked at this people movement holistically, and it's all rated strong, 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 strong. And this is across population growth, overseas, internal, short-term, household size. So this is the key, big macro influence of people movement. And I wonder why the rental market's under major stress. Economic activity, a lot of green here and some reds. So where's the red? GDP growth continues to slow. The last rating here was pretty weak, and naturally weak growth is expected if you keep hammering people with interest rates. Okay, so that is going to be weak. But, hey, if that's what they want and that's what they want to tone down some inflation with, what can we do? We, the people, just must fight through, right? Unemployment rate, extremely strong. Uh, they want that number to go up. And I keep saying that it's RBA, the powers above, whatever you want to call it. Unemployment rate, they want that to go up because that will change some of the inflation aspects as well. And we're seeing job ads still pretty strong. We're seeing job ads sort of 50% plus higher than pre COVID levels. And unemployment rates are near the lowest they've been since sort of like 2008. So. I would expect an increase in unemployment for two to three reasons. One is confidence and how long the interest rates go on. Number two is overseas migration creates more people looking for more jobs, which is a key metric in unemployment. And then number three is the low spending through lower GDP growth over time will then impact businesses and their ability to put out more roles and have more confidence to bring on more people. And so once this wave of sort of jobs get filled and picked up, That should start changing, although the pace is questionable and when that might happen. So it is starting to, but I'd say it it will take time. But that's a big part that should go the other way. Infrastructure investment, massive, massive, massive spending. And these next couple of years are huge. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars. And public infrastructure is massive as well. Commodity prices and exports, they are down a decent amount, sort of 20% down plus from last year, but they're still at very high levels. So you know, anyone saying that the mining boom's done or anything like that will know the commodity price and exports are still pretty strong. They're just not obviously at their peaks that they were 20% higher than, than last year. Sort of. Now we move into underlying demand. So we move into here, and a few parts are weaker. So obviously the first thing that's glaring at me in this report is cash rates. So with the cash rates, we're seeing still obviously a high number of interest rates. I don't expect it to be for long. It just cannot be. Household savings ratio is falling off a cliff. You can see here it's down to 3.7. Just so you know, the impact of that averages sit around 8. Over time, took it up to 16 17%. Lots of cash. No spending, money in the system, handouts, whatever you want to call it, all was quite high. And this has fallen off a cliff down to 3.7. So that is a key sign as well that should flow on to other impactors of the economy. It should flow on to spending, should flow on to GDP growth, should flow on to unemployment rates, should flow on to job advertisement confidence, should flow on to then inflation data, and should flow on to cash rates. So everything is that connection. Not perfectly connected, but has somewhat of a connection. Household income seems to be traveling up really strong, wages increasing, obviously not as good as relative terms to sort of inflation, but increasing new loan commitments, still very strong. And that's crazy, right? Interest rates have gone up, borrowing capacity slashed 38%, yet the money being borrowed and committed to, is still a very high level. Again, very much down from the peak of 36 billion sort of November, 2021, but it is still at a very strong level. This is the core two parts here that are a big fundamental part of Australia, and this is what many people don't seem to understand. You see housing, you see the love for housing, but what you don't get is that Australia's LVR is at 22.2%. That is low debt. Could you imagine you owning a property for a million dollars and kind of having two to 300K debt on it? You feel pretty good, right? It's no wonder why many Aussies feel good. Obviously, I'm not saying others aren't hurting. But that's an impactor. Bank delinquency rate, very strong as well. That's quite healthy. And borrowing capacity, obviously, was weak, so much further down, right? Then we've got affordability for rentals. That's actually weakened as well. People are spending more money of their total income on rent. However, the benchmark we use in Australia, I do feel that's going to be challenged. And so, what I mean by that is we're constantly using the 30 to 33% mark. Many countries overseas even go up to 35 40% and consider that normal. I do feel that we're having rental market times where that will be the case. Australia will probably see a shift where affordability benchmarks change. And I've talked about this in the past. We'll follow the likes of like the Singapores and other parts of the world where you know it might just be normal to commit up to forty percent of your income to rent. and whilst it's not a happy story, it's the truth of where I see the rental markets going. Mortgage affordability, again, fairly weak as well. It's a little bit overvalued there in terms of that, but you saw the LVR, you saw the, the data points of strength, and no wonder people are still holding the fort. And price to income ratio, to be honest, that's always been pretty weak, but it improved because of the changes in national prices and incomes rising. It used to be 8.5, and now it's down to 7.9, but it's still weak as a metric. Let's go to supply. Supply is very strong. So we did see an increase in supply from January to January or January to July up 10%. However, it's still 30% lower than July 2019. You cannot tell me prices are going to continually and sustainably decline when you just don't have the listings to make people feel like they've got options, so they don't have to compete, so they can all pay the prices they want to pay. That's not happening. It is still 37.4% lower than 10 years ago. This is why there is a clear housing shortage. Rental vacancy rates very low and strong. Building approvals not that high. There were coming off the home builder periods so The completion will start picking up, but the new approvals have started dipping back down again. Consumer sentiment, super weak, but we are seeing green shoots pop up in terms of certain sentiment scores. And people are, you know, obviously quite active in the markets again. And media cycle, not super weak, now transition to kind of weak, which means it used to be very anti-property commentary this time last year. That's was at 32.5% negative sort of, you know, commentary here, but we are now moving to more and more, uh, less negative from the time before. Government intervention—that's pretty strong. A lot of you know benefits, grants, changes around, but not quite that huge stamp duty removal that was there before for New South Wales, as an example. So overall, we have 16 of 25 fundamentals that are either strong or somewhat strong. And you can see from a perspective, last year was 17, the year before was 21 or 22. And so I do feel that if you look at the summary that we've got here, you'll notice that the ones that aren't that strong are all ones that could easily change very quickly. And if you jump on this report, you'll see the summary and you'll be able to look at it from a perspective of the whole summary, the whole data points and market pressures. And you'll also be able to look at each city's sort of positioning and some of the commentary on each city's positioning where we go into it in detail. But if you have a look at the nine week categories in demand, you've got you know, the subcategories of GDP growth, cash rates, savings ratio, borrowing capacity. So there's are four core things influenced by interest rates. Interest rates improve, cash rate obviously goes down, household savings ratio improves, borrowing capacity improves, GDP due to people's more spending money being forced will improve. Then as wage growth is happening and rental vacancies eventually calm down as well, which will take time, that rental affordability piece that's being tested and mortgage affordability. Mortgage affordability will be positively impacted by the interest rate cycle shifting. And then you can see consumer sentiment and the media cycle that's already starting to shift. So you can see here just in the interest rate cycle that's been going into pause one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the nine fundamentals are directly. going to be shaped by the shift in confidence and the pauses. So hypothetically speaking, that puts us back into the 21 or 23 fundamentals of 25, just because of these few pauses that are happening. And so that is immediately a shifter. And that's why property markets are back into that full swing of confidence. So you want to get a report like this, that's in-depth, all the housing fundamentals, the explanations, the glossaries, the terms, the helping you connect the dots with our summaries, the predictions of last year, what happened, the predictions for this year, and what's happening at each city on a pressure level, including the trends, totally free. Check it out, investigate.com.au, research tab, white papers, housing fundamentals. And if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for you know watching this video, seeing me go through the report in detail, tuning in on the podcast, please go jump on the YouTube and and do give us a like and and subscribe to follow along and be able to have more videos like this because there's more coming and we've got some exciting insights ahead. In fact, we just released the Greater Sydney Market Pressure Review for 10 Charts in Sydney, explaining that in more details. I think that's just released or probably come out a few days after this podcast comes out. And then of course, the Greater Melbourne is next and we'll be doing a major city every single month. Catch you soon and thank you for tuning in to another Property Nerds podcast and hope you enjoy the housing fundamental review, the accuracy involved in this analysis and uh, the last few years reflecting on them and where we're going ahead. It's Arjun Paliwal, Head of Research and connect again soon. The information featured in this podcast is general in nature and does not take into consideration your financial situation or individual needs and should not be relied upon. Before making any investment, insurance, tax, property or financial planning decision, you should consult a licensed professional who can advise whether your decision is appropriate for you. Guests appearing on this podcast may have a Commercial relationship with the companies mentioned.